So, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is getting a dramatic reboot that no one really asked for. If you asked for this dramatic reboot, shame on you. Shame on you. Hello everyone out there in my random casual family. My name is Rodney and this is Random Casual Reviews where we don't need the expertise nor do we really need a reason to just talk about the things we like. That's right, you can review things too. First of all, if you're watching one of our videos for the very first time, thank you. Thank you so much. We thoroughly appreciate it. Before we get into the video, I would like to remind you that every episode of Random Casual Reviews, along with this episode, is available as a podcast. So, if you like the audio content, but you don't want to see my constantly bearded face, just search Random Casual Reviews in your favorite podcast place. Also, stick around to the end where we'll give Season 1, Episode 1 of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air our special random casual rating. Let's get started. It's true. It's actually happening. In honor of the upcoming release of Bel-Air, which is, again, a dramatic reboot of the 1990s sitcom The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, we're reviewing the first episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is about a kid from West Philadelphia. Apparently, he had been getting into a lot of trouble, so his mother sent him to the West Coast to live with his auntie and uncle in Bel-Air. We've all heard the theme song, so really the whole plot is kind of just right there. Or the theme is right there, I should say. Honestly, a theme song hasn't been that informative since the Beverly Hillbillies, or maybe even Gilligan's Island. You know, they really knew how to make theme songs back then, didn't they? Oh, I missed that. Anyway, the first episode essentially picks up where the opening credits kind of left off with Will knocking on the front door. As soon as the butler, Jeffrey, played by Joseph Marcel, opens the front door, Will is already being obnoxious, you know, not really respecting decorum and things like that. It doesn't seem intentional, you know, Will is just kind of a fish out of water. We've talked about this before, the whole fish out of water thing. Will's Aunt Vivian and Uncle Phil, played respectively by Janet Hubert and James Avery, come downstairs to greet Will. Listen, it's the first episode, so when we're talking about Aunt Viv, we're only talking about Janet Hubert, and, you know, in my opinion, she was the better Aunt Viv. Eh, we don't have to get into that either. While Aunt Viv was happy to see her nephew and accepting of his boorish behavior, kind of writing it off as harmless youth, Uncle Phil was completely annoyed with Will's manner of speech and with his manner of address, and again, just his overall behavior. Will is then introduced to his youngest cousin, Ashley, played by <laughs> Tatiana Ali. I'm just going to say it. I had a huge crush on Ashley when I was growing up. 
and it worked out pretty well because we were kind of the same age so when we kind of you know developed together so i was kind of feeling like you know maybe me and uh tatiana ali can have a thing since we're the same age oh the stories we weave the stories we tell ourselves oh to be young again and then his oldest cousin the clueless valley girl played by karen parsons here's a fun fact karen parson is the first actor to be featured on two different episodes of random casual reviews karen parsons was also in major pain even though i did mention will smith in my seinfeld episode when i reviewed the festivus episode of seinfeld for christmas but you know i just mentioned will smith it wasn't really about will smith so you know what we're gonna give this one to old karen parsons she earned it after all it's not like will smith needs any more help it's not like he needs any more prestige anyway jeffrey shows up to give will a tuxedo and informs will that uncle phil has invited some of his prestigious law firm kind of colleagues to the house for a fancy and formal dinner party and will is expected to wear that tuxedo for the party after that uncle phil introduces will to his middle child and thus will's middle cousin the famous carlton banks played by alfonso ribeiro i believe these days he's hosting um america's funniest home videos i'm pretty sure i don't really watch a lot of tv so you'll have to forgive me but i'm pretty sure that's what he's doing these days anyway carlton is depicted as being the same age as will so they use this moment to kind of further illustrate the class difference between Will and the Banks family. Determined to set himself apart from the rest of the Banks family, especially to set himself apart from Carlton, Will comes down to the dinner party wearing the tuxedo, but also wearing the tuxedo with a colorful sideways cap, you know, with sneakers, a weird colorful shirt under the tuxedo instead of a nice dress shirt uh he has his cummerbund pulled up and it's just so many weird things he's doing with his tuxedo kind of just kind of making a mockery of the whole thing and that's essentially what he does the entire evening he makes a mockery of himself he makes a mockery of his guests he makes a mockery of his circumstances he's just really being immature and obnoxious i guess i won't hide the fact that all these years later even i find will's behavior kind of boorish and embarrassing more on that later don't worry we're going to talk more about that after the dinner phil confronts will about again his boorish and obnoxious behavior in a nutshell uncle phil admonishes will as being intentionally disrespectful and throwing away the opportunities that have been provided for him which i happen to agree with that statement like i said more on that later will in response to this criticism throws up the age-old argument you don't know what it's like to grow up in the streets and that's when uncle phil counters by letting him know that hey man i didn't grow up rich i had to work for this and further Uncle Phil makes reference to a Malcolm X poster that Will has on his bedroom wall. 
He says, hey, I see that you admire uh, Malcolm X, but I actually heard the man speak. And Malcolm X stood for more than just, you know, letting it all hang out and, you know, being his own individual personality. Malcolm X also stood for dignity. I'm kind of summarizing and interpreting, but for the most part, that's what Uncle Phil was saying there. Uncle Phil leaves the bedroom and walks down the hall, but he stops when he hears Will playing the opening chords to Beethoven's Fjord Elise uh, on his piano. And this makes Uncle uh, Phil smile. By the way, Fjord Elise, it kind of sounds like so you've heard that before so that's what uh, will was playing on his piano so here are my thoughts about season one episode one of the fresh prince of bel-air i have so many thoughts but i'm just gonna really highlight just one of the major thoughts that i'm thinking really my overall thing that i saw as i was watching this show when this show came out I was young. I, I like I wasn't even in double digits yet. I'm 100% sure I laughed my butt off when I saw Will's behavior when I was a young man, you know, watching Will behave the way he was behaving. But today, as a grown man, it's just really hard for me to laugh about this. And I'm sorry for those of you that just have really strong feelings towards the show because I have strong feelings too. And what I'm about to express are some very strong feelings. As a man, I really had to dig deep and figure out why I found it just, just not funny. And I think I figured it out. And here's what it is. Don't get me wrong. I see the value in depicting culture clashes on film and TV. I even see the value in having fun and laughing about it. Listen, this channel is primarily a comedy channel, so you'll know, see some of my other stuff and you'll see. I think a lot of things are funny. However, I don't see real value in depicting intentional ignorance and then just calling it comedy. As a matter of fact, I find it lazy. You know, I don't like lazy comedy. Think of this scene when Will first meets Hillary and she's going on and on and on about a Save the Ozone celebrity bus tour, Will makes an observation about it saying like, um, hmm, isn't it kind of dangerous for the ozone layer for you to be motoring a, a bus all around town to protest air pollution? Isn't that kind of counterproductive? Dad, I need $300. That's a lot of money, Hillary. What for? I need a new hat. For what? Probably her head. <laughs> okay, like I'm going on the Save the Ozone Celebrity bus next Saturday. It's going to be Bruce Willis and Demi, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, or Charlie Sheen, I can't remember which. We're going to take the bus all over town to protest air pollution, and then we're going to motor to the beach and have a big bonfire. <laughs> what? I'm not an expert or anything, but don't you think driving a big old bus around town and then having a bonfire sort of adding to the problem of pollution? What do you think? Look, if this weren't a good idea, I really, really don't think Ali Sheedy would be involved. Okay, I saw that observation and I thought it was funny. 
just making an, an observation about the irony and a lot of times irony is funny so I thought that was funny I thought that was clever but then let's look at the very first scene when Will is first again knocking on the door of the Bel Air mansion when he comes to Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil's house instead of just knocking on the door with a knocker like a normal person he's kind of you know doing a rat beat on the knocker and stuff like that then he comes inside and starts making fun of Jeffrey's poise and making fun of Jeffrey's accent and again it's just a, a silly ignorant dumb thing to do in my opinion I get it. Comedy is subjective. Things that I find funny, you might not find funny, and vice versa. And that's okay, you know. But it's not just about the subjectivity of comedy. That's not really what I'm talking about here. And I get that in this series, Will's character is only is only 17. So of course he's obnoxious, and of course he's ignorant. That's kind of part of being 17. The part that rubs me the wrong way is that we're supposed to think it's funny. And again, this is me speaking as an adult. Maybe I don't find the behavior of 17-year-olds funny anymore, but I think it's deeper than that. We're supposed to think it's funny when a young black kid behaves like a clown in an informal company and embarrasses his own family. We're supposed to think it's funny when he does that. The, the show plays that up for laughs. And that said, the episode does a nice job of kind of putting Will Smith in his place and kind of teaching him a lesson. So, listen, I'm going to say this. At this time, normally, this is kind of when I would wrap things up or I would make other observations. But you know what? Now it's time to have a sit down with Uncle Rodney. And guess what? I'm actually an uncle. So, you know, it fits. I don't talk a lot about my family, but I actually am known in some circles as Uncle Rodney. So let's have a sit down with Uncle Rodney. Way back in ancient Italy, there lived a man called Ambrose of Milan, venerated as Saint Ambrose. Saint Ambrose during his day was a bishop and he was also a governor, as well as being a saint. So in other words, he was renowned as a very wise and powerful man. One day, St. Monica and her son, St. Augustine, came to St. Ambrose with a problem. St. Monica was like, so we're about to visit Rome, and did you know that in Rome they don't even fast on Sundays? Oh my god. 
And then Bishop Ambrose was all like, oh yeah, Rome. <laughs> I've been there. Rome is pretty dope. And then St. Monica was like, uh, you know, I mean, here in Milan, we don't fast on Sunday, so ew. And I just don't know what to do when I go to Rome. Oh my gosh. Father Ambrose, what should I do? And Bishop Ambrose is like, you know, when I'm in Milan, I don't fast on Sundays. But when I'm in Rome, I do fast on Sundays. Hence the phrase, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Here's my point with all this. It's perfectly acceptable to be one's authentic self. However, there's a time and a place for everything. If you ever find yourself in a position like, what should I do in this situation? Just kind of look around you. Do you see anyone else doing what you're doing? Do you see anyone else speaking the way you're speaking? If you don't see anyone else doing it, then it's probably not the right thing to do in that circumstance. We've all heard about code switching and for some reason code switching gets like a bad rep, but it really just means you're discerning your environment. You're thinking about how you're going to behave. That's okay. You should be doing that. That's called being wise. And a lot of people would push back on that and say, oh man, Will Smith was just keeping it real, man. Listen, is, is being obnoxious the only aspect of your behavior that you're supposed to have? Aren't there other aspects of your behavior that are just as real as you, I don't know, keeping it real? At some point, we should mature enough to realize that restraint, respect, kindness, empathy, and just a little bit of self-awareness, these are all forms of self-expression. These are all ways that you can keep it real. Huh. I just had... I just had an epiphany as I was just, you know, ranting and lecturing and I appreciate you hanging in there, but I just had an epiphany. That's what this is all about. That's what life is all about. Life is about growth. Life is about change. And maybe, maybe that's why the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air needs to be rebooted as a drama series because things have changed. Times have changed. And the audience that grew up with the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that audience has changed and we're all adults now and we don't want to sit here and watch a young black man act like a fool or a young person act like a fool. We want this show or if it's going to be rebooted, we want it to mature along with us. We want it to grow along with us. And you know what? Maybe things were all fun and games back in the 90s, but here today, you know, you know, some things are more serious. Either life has become more serious or we as grown-ups have become more serious as we should. Whoa. Just whoa. I just I just blew my own mind. Huh. Anyway, in conclusion, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. I mean, how do I even wrap this up? Let's start with this. I want us all to keep in mind that the tagline of this show, Random Casual Reviews, the tagline is, we don't need a reason nor do we need the expertise to talk about the things we like. So we wouldn't be talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air if we didn't genuinely like it. Because we do. I do. I genuinely like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. As a matter of fact, when I watched the first episode for the purpose of this review, I ended up watching like two or three more episodes. So I really love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air.
And I wouldn't waste a week of my free time making this review and editing the video and doing all this stuff if I didn't really like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. In fact, I consider it as a gesture of love if we are critical about the things we like. If you love someone or you love something, the willingness to criticize it is hard for us as an individual, but it's a necessary part of really growing that relationship. Again, whether it's a relationship with someone you love or something you love. And by contrast, you should allow yourself to be criticized as well, especially if it's from somebody that loves you. All that being said, the review website Rotten Tomatoes gives the entire first season of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air an 83%, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, it ain't 100%, but all right, we'll take it. It's 83%. Here at Random Casual Studios, again, even though we look back on this show with a discerning eye, we're not above just allowing our pure nostalgia to shape our rating. Here at Random Casual Studios, we give Season 1, Episode 1 of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air 5 out of 5 dice in the mirror. <laughs> Who writes this stuff? I mean, what else would we possibly give it? What were you thinking? Giving it, I don't know, five butlers named Jeffrey? I mean, I don't know. I guess on the eighth day of Christmas, you get eight maids of milking. So maybe, maybe you can get five butlers named Jeffrey here at Random Casual Studios. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Random Casual Reviews. What else deserves the old random casual treatment? Comment below, like and subscribe, and tune in next week for another episode of Random Casual Reviews. Thank you so much for watching.